Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. For those of you who are listening, just before we came on, I find it appropriate that we have a kid from Hawaii in our studio and master of programming Tom Baker put in Wipeout literally about 30 seconds before we were coming on the air. But that's a joke we can get to in a minute. First off, howdy, y'all. Jacob Seelman. And this edition of Motorsports Madness is about to be wild, woolly, and crazy. I am joined inside the uh, Race Chaser Studios here in Race City, USA, Mooresville, North Carolina, by Tom Baker and some NASCAR Next kid named Will Rogers, who we've been trying for, what, Will, three weeks now to get you in this building? And I'm glad we finally managed to pull it off. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I mean, it, my schedule has been pretty crazy, a little a little crazier than I expected, you know, when you started off this year. So it's been hard to narrow me down. But, uh, yeah, happy to be here, and thanks for giving me the time. Well, we're looking forward to talking with you. And, yeah, I, you know, you just stuck in Wipeout just for the fun of it. If I had thought twice, I would have put Hawaii Five O in there. <laughs> yeah. Could have really had a F- Funny enough, you know, like I don't listen. Or, I mean, I haven't w- really watched Hawaii Five O or anything. And uh, I don't really surf too much, so I haven't wiped out too many times. Uh, that, that basically yeah. tells us you are not the stereotypical kid from Hawaii at all. No, those stereotypes that people give about Hawaii, most of them, yeah, they're definitely not accurate. So <laughs> uh, I'm just, dude, like, it's crazy how somebody from Hawaii, they're not a surfer. You know, I'm not kind of one of those guys. I'm into racing. We'll talk to Will about Will's story here coming up in a couple of minutes. But before we dig into all that, and oh, by the way, Cisco Scaramuza and Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens are also on the Race Chaser Skype line for those uh, wondering. We'll get to them in a second, too. But, Tom, the big news of the day is the fact that we went to Pocono. We had an Xfinity race. Number one, the package was supposed to make the racing better. It didn't. Number two, Kyle Busch won, and then he failed tech. <gasps> Uh, well, let's clarify first that we didn't go to Pocono, but NASCAR did. And Whatever. You yeah, know what I meant. Well, but, you know, to, to be for the audience's sake, we weren't there, um, which was okay because it really wasn't that great of a race on Sunday. Saturday was, yeah, I mean, it, it it's interesting to me that we have this package that puts on such a great show at India, put on such a great show at Charlotte. And, you know, it was no help at Pocono whatsoever. Uh, you know, Pocono is just one of those tracks. It's an odd-shaped track. And, you know, that that package just didn't work well. And you and I were talking before the show, and I think you're right. If you can't be wide open with that package, it just doesn't work very well. And it certainly didn't on Saturday. Kyle Busch winning, certainly no surprise. Kyle Busch being DQ'd, well, I don't know if that's a surprise or not. Okay, but. he wasn't DQ'd, he just failed tech. If he had actually been DQ'd, he would have taken the win, which is what I've been saying they should do for years. Well, they, but they don't DQ, I guess. It's, no, it's because NASCAR's, this is NASCAR. It's a NASCAR's equivalent of a DQ is when we fail you in tech. It's their, their big track equivalent, Cisco, and I don't know why we don't take wins away, and I think we... We've got to get to that point if we're going to stop these teams from doing silly things to push the limits of this new $350,000 discotheque that they own. You think? Well, wasn't what Kyle Busch failed on was the ride height on the front end of the car, front. which would actually Im- would uh, impede the performance of the which car? Which is because exactly it's not the point that the Kyle made on Twitter. Yeah, 
But, you know, here again, it's one of those situations where I look at NASCAR sometimes and go, well, okay, you still have the ability to say this is not a performance advantage. I mean, if if it's not a performance advantage, then why bother with the take, take points or whatever? But that's why it'd just be so much easier if we had a rule book and we said, look, if it's illegal, it's illegal. You're out. You're DQ'd. You're last. You get last place purse, last place money. The way we have it right now, we're, we're going back and forth in all this. We're still relying on human judgments as to, well, this is slightly out of tolerance. We'll let it go this time. And then the next guy goes through tech and, you know, the right height's messed up on the left front, which, you know, could or couldn't be a disadvantage depending on exactly what went wrong and when. It, to me, it just confuses the situation even more. I, I've said it forever on this show. I'll keep saying it. The more you micromanage this and the more you zero the tech in to these ten thousandths or whatever of a you know of tolerance, you're going to have more issues where something is just an eyelash out of tolerance and you know, you gotta DQ him for it even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, so before I let Steve go off on his rant, because I know Steve's about to go off on a rant, Will, you're a short track guy. If you were illegal back when you were running on short tracks, they threw you out. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, we were never illegal, so we never had that. Okay, deal with see, that. There, see, he's a good kid. <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's a good kid. I had the right kid. team behind him. He's a good kid. <laughs> yeah. He is a good kid. Uh, everybody in uh, Jefferson Pitts Racing, who, who I raced for, and guys like Noah Gregson and Grayson Raz, they yeah. race for, oh, yeah. uh, they are always pretty straight up. So. Uh, I don't have that experience. There might some, be some other teams in the West or the East. Uh, I was going to say, be glad, even, you, be glad you've never had that experience. Yeah, but yeah, previous exactly. even to the East, I mean, you raced short tracks, right? I mean, No, no. Actually, like, believe it or not, the first – actually, my first stock car race was in a Wheel and Modified in Boise, Idaho. This was like two and a half years ago, maybe. And since I've racked up about 23 – I might not have the numbers right, but 23 circle track races to my career. So – I don't have any of that short track. Like, okay. like I was going to say, I guess all the, so all you know? the rest of your time was in karting, wasn't it? Uh, actually, it was a, in a number of things. It was in karting initially when I was about eight. And then uh, raced there, had several opportunities to race from Hawaii, where I started, over into California. Um, raced for a while and, frankly, uh, ran out of money. <laughs> Couldn't keep doing it anymore. And uh, found motocross, being that we lived in Southern California. That's the motocross mecca of the world. Um had a bunch of friends in, you know, like middle school and high school who raced and they were like, dude, come try this thing out. So, uh, we got on a bike and we rode from, uh, I think it was either 65s or 85s all the way to two fifties. And, uh, we're pretty competitive and just kind of realized motocross wasn't for me after seeing a lot of my buddies get themselves, uh, on crutches, on crutches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wad, wad themselves yeah. up, you know? And, uh, uh, we always knew we were better behind the wheel. So did off-road racing after that. And I could go into big detail here, but I've got go-karts, motocross, off-road, sports cars. I was going to say you had a stint in Pirelli World Challenge, I think, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So actually my, my sports car career started, uh, right after off-road racing when we kind of realized that that wasn't a good career path, uh, as far as like being successful, um, not only making money, but finding sponsors and, and staying with the team for a long time. Um, we moved away from that, found sports car racing, and shortly after found Spec Miata racing, mm-hmm. and uh, competed in those regions with like uh, NASA and SCCA and things like that. Won a championship actually, 
and then transitioned to World Challenge after, where we raced uh, in the TCB class. Somewhere, Bob Steele is probably listening to this live broadcast, heard the words SCCA, and went, oh, yay. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob is the owner of PMN Radio, gotcha. which we broadcast on. And, uh, yeah, he's an SCCA racer himself. So okay, cool. anytime somebody says SCCA, he's also the announcer. We the, 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 the crew from PMN North, basically, in the Delaware area, uh, also calls the SCCA Hoosier Tire Super Tour. Okay. Events. Which, Got by the way, they had, a ra- they had a race over the weekend, and Bob was mad because he didn't bring his car out. And <laughs> he, he, he said, I could have won a few things this weekend, but I had to talk about race cars instead of being behind the wheel of one. That's a story for another day. Steve Ovens, you have a rant. I want to hear it. Well, I just this is where I struggle with NASCAR being a dirt track guy because we had this ex, this exact example on Saturday night at the dirt track I announced at. We had a guy who won a race and it was a phenomenal race, but he won the race, did not pass post race tech inspection, so therefore he lost the race. He didn't get any money. He didn't get any points. And guess what, guys? We give out 30 points for a feature win. He got hit with a 50-point penalty, a race in two-thirds worth of points. He lost on top of the fact that he didn't get any points on Saturday night. His championship chances are essentially over just because he was illegal on one night. And this, to me, guys, is where NASCAR is getting it wrong. I do not care if the guy you interview on TV is the winner if he's illegal, he is illegal, he is illegal. This is ridiculous. The fact that somebody with an illegal car, and I'm so sick of talking about tolerances, and Jacob, I won't be long-winded here, I promise you. Yes, you will. But let's let's <laughs> not delude ourselves. It just bothers me You're doing as a good. dirt Keep track going. fanatic because this is ridiculous. It's got to stop. When is the madness going to stop? Well, well, not no, until 9 o'clock. I was going to say about 9 o'clock tonight <laughs> is when it ends, but uh, know, where, know where you're going with that. I agree. I mean, I, look, I get, you know, sponsors, whatever, big level, NASCAR, that went, but it, the, the problem is NASCAR makes things so hard on themselves because you get to these tolerances, the more you narrow it down and the closer you measure things, then you have to decide how far out of tolerance do we want to allow? And what if they're like an eyelash outside that tolerance? And what if it's not a performance advantage? And what if, you know, there's just so many things that have to be considered here. And we've, we've basically taken a lot of the human element out of this whole thing. Um, you know, so to me, you know, I don't know if what, Kyle Busch had wrong with the car made a difference at all one way or the other in his performance. I just think at some point, you know, some of these tech issues this year have been like the the windows and all of that is just garbage. And, and these teams need to be just told this is not going to be allowed. You're embarrassing the sport. You're not, I mean, some of it's just blatant. So I think NASCAR needs to simplify things to the point where, look, if you're illegal and it's clear that you did something to create a performance advantage, again, no purse, no no points, no nothing. You're DQ'd last place. That hopefully would would take the teams and push them, uh, Jacob, back into at least reasonable pushing of the the tolerances or the rules into the gray area instead of just off the cliff like some of them have been 
uh, this year already. Well, actually, I would tend to disagree that uh, other than the wacky windows that we really haven't been off the cliff this year, but that's an argument for another day when we have about four hours to just deal with that. Anyway, right now what we have to do is go take our first break, and when we come back, hey, Steve, we're going to break. I want you to dig around on your desk and find your button because I have a need for it when we come back. So you're listening to Motorsports Madness. Steve has his button, and we will uh, have more of the conversation in just a moment here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. 
Will Rogers is going to become a voice with music by the time we're done with this show tonight. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, the aforementioned Will Rogers, along with Cisco Scaramuza and Steve Ovens as we go through, well, as we've been explaining to Will here during the break, a little bit of everything so far tonight. Uh, we've talked NASCAR and penalties and, well, Steve, before we got to the whole penalty part with Kyle Busch, there was actually a race. I normally don't go Xfinity first, but I'm going Xfinity first here because I want you to show off your button because one week after Kyle Busch won everywhere in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Kyle Busch won everywhere again. And how did he do it? That was easy. Basically... <laughs> Like easy that. Button. Yeah. <laughs> he hit his easy button, he walked off, and he left. Even after he got a speeding penalty, Steve, he came back, he walked off, and he left again. So he's now won at 26 tracks in the Xfinity Series, every active track, and if that wasn't good enough, he's won at every single track that hosts a race in all three series in all three series. The guy's good. Can we just put this debate to bed and stop whining and appreciate the fact that he's good? Yeah. I mean, regardless of what you think about the guy, whether you love him or love to hate him, I mean, he is good. I mean, I mean, if there's been any driver, Jacob, in recent memory who has been such a polarizing driver, but yet at the same time goes out and backs it up time after time after time, I mean, Kyle Busch is that guy. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what else I can really say about the guy. I just appreciate the fact that he goes out there and and essentially you know, shuts all of his haters up. He goes out and gets the job done. He walks the walk. I want to know who these people are that are debating whether Kyle's good or not. I mean, I think the debate centers around his attitude at times, but I don't know anybody who actually doesn't believe that he's a good driver. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen plenty of anti-Kyle people on social media over the weekend that want to say, oh, Kyle's not that, not really that great, or, you know, want to say he's not as great as some of the quote-unquote real greats, and that's comparing eras, which is apples to oranges, but you get the idea. Well, I mean, okay, some of that, but I think a lot of Kyle's detractors center around Kyle, not so much his talent. And, you know, I think I could back that up by saying that the last three or four races that I've seen him win, he's getting a lot more cheers than he is booze. Which, which I got to say is impressive. You know, it is it impressive. Is. And look, I don't think that there's any question. I was, when I was doing radio in Memphis back in the mid-2000s, I made the statement when Kyle was still at Hendrick that Kyle is the most polarizing driver since Dale Earnhardt. And, of course, you know, Earnhardt Nation proceeded to roast me over the coals. But it's like, you you know, you're, you watch him. Whether you like him or not is a different matter. Whether you like his attitude when he loses or whatever or not is a different matter. Your eyes go to him. When, when he's on the track, your eyes go to him. And if... If you could be so lucky, Will, as to become that driver, I mean, maybe you might not want to have 
necessarily the same approach to losing that Kyle has. But, you know, if you can become that driver who everybody's eyes go to Will Rogers when you're on the racetrack, I would think that would be your desired uh, dream, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I just hope I don't have that exact persona. Right. You know, per se, <laughs> you, I guess. you don't want to be the black hat. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely not who I am and not who uh, who we've kind of been building this brand to be, you know. Right. Um, but, but Kyle, you're right. I mean, he's, whether you like him or not, Exactly. Dang good. So, so I think he, uh, it's hard to say like whether or not these guys should go back and race in the Xfinity series and and stuff. But I go back to my experience last year and really my claim to fame reason I'm here in Charlotte, the reason I'm in the NASCAR next class, the reason I'm racing in the ARCA series and continuing to race in Canaan is, is by racing one of these guys who came down and raced at a lower level. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily have to mention them. People know pretty much who I'm talking about at this <laughs> but point. But just in case they but, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, For those uh, in our audience who aren't really NASCAR centric. So, so yeah, when Kevin Harvick came down and raced uh, the Canaan West Series at Sonoma last year, that was again more of my claim to fame. You know, uh, raced against the guy toe to toe. We checked out from the field, yet still um, nose to tail with each other and, and battling hard for a win. And, and he ultimately beat me, but. Um, from that experience, uh, we formed more or less friendship and, and a respect level. And, you know, he, he obviously voiced his opinion about the media. So when it comes to things like that and Kyle racing in the Xfinity series, um, from a competition side, I think it's good. You know, when guys like me can go up against the best of the best, and obviously Kyle is among the best of the best and probably ever, you know, it's debated, it's debatable, but, um, you really get to judge yourself and, and kind of scale up to see where you are. And, and whether or not you can hang. And if you can't hang, what do you have to do to get there? You know, kind of things. If you just race the same guys at the same level every weekend, I mean, do you really excel? Well, here's my thing with that. I mean, everybody knows by now that I, I totally de- detest the idea of, of guys going down and racing in the lower levels because the experience base is so much greater that it basically, yeah, okay, Kevin Harvick went to K&M West – but that was a different situation because, one, I believe it was a road course, wasn't sure. it? Yep. Sonoma. Sonoma. Yeah. Yep. Two, you know, Kevin hadn't run that in forever, and you were basically one of the kings of it at the time. You were at the top of that, that heap. And so um, I think that's a little bit of a different deal. But my deal with that is you see it in, in like, Xfinity and you see it in trucks. Xfinity is the biggest thing, and you, you got drivers like Ross Chastain and and drivers like that, and even Chris Busher, who won an Xfinity Series championship, didn't get half the recognition he actually deserved because his average finish was like seventh because you always had three or four cup guys that were consistently, and, and on top of that, you have cup teams that are fielding with way more resources than most of the other teams have. So I think there's a there's a I understand what you're saying about wanting to run against the best, and, and, you know, in a limited situation, and I think the situation you were in was cool, just like Kyle goes and runs late, super late models. Kevin is now, I think he's going to go do an SK modified deal up in New England. At Stafford. Later, yeah, at Stafford. You know, I think that, that yeah. stuff's cool because it establishes the connection between the, the grassroots tracks and the – but, you know, obviously Kevin was probably going to win that West race. Just my honest opinion, I figured that – I, I was impressed that you were that close. Sure. And I think that's what you're saying. The fact you could run toe-to-toe with him is what I think opened a lot of eyes. But 
you were also in relatively equal equipment, I would say. Sure. I was going to say yeah. they were teammates that yeah. race, yeah, we so were, they yeah. were in equal equipment. Well, yeah. And, and I, I really do actually agree with what y'all, a lot of what you just said. And I think Kevin, for, for in my opinion, he did it the right way because he came to Jefferson Pitts Racing, a team based in Washington who I ran for all last year. And I mentioned earlier in the show, Noah Gregson and Grayson Raz, guys right. like that have raced for him before. Yep. So they, they were established. It was Gene Price Motorsports prior to that. Sure. But um, – but Kevin knew of the team. He right. kn- He's known Jerry Pitts since the beginning of his sure. racing career, so it only made sense to go with him. I agree in that aspect that he went to a team that was already established, and he didn't bring all of his cup resource in. Right. Um, he did bring, like, Richard Boswell in, who's a great well, sure. crew chief over at Stuart Haas Racing. Um, but that's probably more for, like, a comfort level and making sure right. everything's the right way. When it comes to Kyle Busch and some of these others, yeah, bringing, breaking out the Joe Gibbs Racing third car or fourth car, uh, yeah, that is a little harder to, to, to kind of swallow, you know, and then also bringing it out for, you know, more than five races a year. Right. Kevin, you know, he did one race last year, one race this year, and right. he'll probably go do one of those modified races, but he's not going to go overpopulate his schedule with lower tier stuff. So I'd say if, if there was a change to be made for somebody, for something like that, have him limit, you know, one to two, maybe three races tops at various different racetracks. So th- I think that'll really help guys like me in my position right. to gauge ourselves well, as opposed to just racing them every week. And it also, Jacob, I mean, back in the mid-'80s, somebody in New England put together a series with, like, they were a late-model-type car, I think, and they had a bunch of the Cup guys come up and race those cars. You had Dale Earnhardt, Buddy Baker, et cetera, et, right. et cetera, et cetera. And I can still remember somebody telling me the story about how Earnhardt was so frustrated with the way his car was handling one night at one of the tracks that next thing you know, he's diving underneath the thing. He jacked it up, got underneath it, made a bunch of changes. He's, you know, going nuts, making changes, and comes back out. And I don't think he won, but he was like second or third. It was just like, you know, those guys were serious about that. But again, it's equal footing. Right. You know, that's, I think, Jacob, for me, that's a big piece of this, too, is back in the day, yeah, some of these guys ran their own equipment in a few races, but... You know, you didn't have it like it is now. Mark Martin kind of started all that uh, in the Win Dixie car years back ago. When Ra- I, back know. when Roush was a powerhouse. Right. And uh, no, no disrespect you know. to Roush now, but they're not. But there. it's a good perspective. And I, yeah. I'm. it's interesting, Will, to hear you give that. And, yeah. it's, and it's not, you're not the first because uh, Eric Jones, I know, will credit Kyle Busch and the late model sure. stuff that he ran against him and beat him a couple times. And, you know, so... I agree with that. I think if it's done in a different sort of way like that, it's fun. Okay, so I want to not necessarily tip anybody's hand, but I know, Will, you're running at Sonoma again this summer. Is there any chance, have you heard yet, whether we may see Rogers v. Harvick Part 2? I have not heard anything about that. I'm pretty sure Kevin did a one-and-done for Sonoma, at least (laughs) for a while. Uh, I mean, he won the race. Why would he go back and and kind of kind of steal that that light again? Not that not say he would. I think we've improved, and and if we went back and raced with him, we'd have a similar result, and hopefully, it would be you know flip flopped a little bit there on finishing. But I'd like to see you and your Arca car owner in a in an Arca race together. Now that would be fun seeing Schrader back in an Arca car. I think that would be pretty epic. Uh, There's been maybe on the dirt tracks. 
Uh, that would be really neat. Well, you know, we've. Sure. I, I was going to say he's run the dirt track yeah. races before. You know, one of the short. He's. I know he's run Salem in the past too, like the Salem's and Toledo's of the uh-huh. world. I, I. I keep telling Schrader when I when I get a chance to see him. I saw him at Charlotte. I'm like, when are you going to get back in a car? He's like, I got people for that now. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's running the little five though, and finished tenth for the second straight year in that race. Oh, or by I the say way, he ran the little five. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. we're we're going to step aside, take another break here. When when we come back, we'll talk a little cup series and uh, let's see. Do we have black and checkered flags or are, are we opinionated enough to do that? Yeah, who am I kidding? We're opinionated <laughs> enough to do that. More Motorsports Madness around the turn. You're listening to the show live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels New to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people? Even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. 
As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. I will never complain about the music selection. No, Steve done good. He did do good. Yes. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. You're listening to the show live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and our special guest, 2018 NASCAR Next Class member, Will Rogers, joining us inside the Race City USA Race Chaser Media Studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina. Steve Ovens and Cisco Scaramuza, also part of tonight's program. And we're going to talk cup racing for a couple minutes before we go into our uh, black and checkered flag gents because tom shockingly shockingly the cup race at pocono was actually better than the xfinity race well don't get too carried away i mean it still wasn't great but it was better than the xfinity race for for me it was kind of i i don't know i mean i feel like one was a five and the other one was a six and a half i i will say that the interesting thing about the cup race for me is that all of a sudden just when we look it's great because, you know, we're media and we're supposed to know all this stuff and be so smart. And all we've been talking about for weeks now is Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. And then here comes Martin Truex reminding us that he is, after all, the defending Cup Series champion. And yep. he basically kicked all their butts on Sunday. Well, he didn't kick their butts. He and Cole Pern out-strategized everybody. Steve. Well, that's part of kicking their butt. I mean, at the end, nobody could really run with him. I mean, it, you know, I think... I think what Martin did it was what they did as a team was brilliant. And, you know, it shows he's got the speed back. And, I mean, Kyle Larson is going to have something to say about this, too, eventually. But it, to me, I think we saw the reemergence of Martin Truex as a legitimate championship contender, as if he ever really went I was going to say thank you, as if he ever really went anywhere, Steve. I mean, I think we're deluding ourselves. That 78 team Correct. has had speed, even though Kyle and Kevin have been the ones winning all the races. Uh, I mean, this is only the second time in the last eight weeks that the four of the 18 has not won. But still, Martin hadn't gone anywhere. He ran second to Kevin at Kansas, and about won Kansas the same way he actually won Pocono over the weekend by staying out on older tires and willing that car out to a, a lead that ultimately this time uh, nobody else got back to him. And that, my friends, is thanks to two words, clean air. I was just going to say, Jacob, I mean, really this race was to get clean air. Uh, this was a race to get out front. Track position was huge. And, and Martin showed just how important clean air is because they were on old tires. I mean, uh-huh. new tires didn't make enough of a difference if you didn't have clean air to use them. So, I mean, that, that, that to me is the story. And, and the other part that I look at, too, is this was Martin Truex Jr. and that whole 78 team's way of saying, hey, that whole time y'all been talking about this guy and that guy, the 18 and the 4, and you haven't been mentioning the 78, but you should have been. I mean, there's so many races you can look at at the start of the season that they should have had much better finishes than yep. they really did, Tom. And now at a race like Pocono, 
they finally get the finish that they deserve to have at the end of the day. Absolutely. Now, Cisco, I'll go to you on this because it's a point that Kyle Larson made in his post-race press conference. At this juncture of the season, the four, the 18, and the 78 have combined to win 11 of the first 14 races of the year. Do we really believe that barring some sort of gigantic explosion or two of the three of them getting locked in a closet or something crazy like that, that those three are not going to comprise 75% of the final four running for the championship at Homestead? Really? Well, I mean, considering how advanced the cars... Wait, wait, you're talking about NASCAR? I thought we were talking about F1 there. That sounded like an F1 thing, what you just said. Three teams have been winning almost all the races. What kind of world are <laughs> well, we? Well, no, in F one, it's usually guys. one team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only but, this but year is it three teams. Like this is like, it's, it's. Oh, what's the best way to say it? It's, we it's, broke Cisco. It's such a parallel. It's such a parallel to like the NBA right now, where the NBA for the last four years has had the same final two teams yeah. playing the NBA finals. This this is exactly what this feels like. To where I'm like. You know, we'll make picks for the race. We did it on Thursday. We did it in about 30 seconds. I was like, well, do I pick MTJ? Do I pick Harvick or do I pick Bush? Gee. And he just threw the roulette wheel spins in my mind. All right, I'm going to pick Bush this week because YOLO. It's it's ridiculous. All right. So back to my original point, Mr. Politician. Do we believe that those three teams are going to be in the final four? And do we really Uh, believe that anybody's going to, like, screw that up? Unless a meteor crashes into the earth or Chevrolet starts figuring their stuff out. Yes. 10-4. Well, wait. Now, Steve's over there shaking his head. I want to hear from Steve. What's going through your mind? There's so much that can happen, guys. How can you write anybody into that final four? I mean... Anything can happen once the playoffs start, guys. Um, okay, so we wrote Meteors Martin Truex hit. Jr. into the Final Four last year because he had, well, like, here's, yeah. <laughs> eons See, of playoff points. This is how you can do it with Kevin Harvick because he's got enough points already. Well, both that, he and Bush. Yeah, really. They both, I mean, they both already have almost half a race's worth of playoff you points. You can pretty much start and park your way right to Homestead Cisco if you're either of those two. To put it in perspective, I just looked at it. Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick each have 25 playoff points. Truex has 13. The next highest driver is Joey Logano with seven. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. I think you've got at least uh, – look, I believe Truex gets there. I know I, – I would bet money that, that Kyle Busch Kevin Harvick make Homestead. I believe Truex gets there. Now the fourth person – is to me what's up for grabs right now. And that's now. exactly what Kyle Larson said in his post-race press conference. He said right now he named his 42 team the 2, the 12. Ah, uh, Cisco, I can think of at least probably one more. And then, so yeah, even though it's the back half of the top 10 right now, all of a sudden uh, the 48 team is starting to lurk quietly around 6 you to 8 forgot place. forgot 22, come on now. Yeah, I, we got I am the 22 in the 22. play. I'll throw in the 14 because he has Absolutely. a win. And he's sixth in the point standings. Yes. Keep in mind, Jimmy Johnson is 12th in the point standings, and we've been talking about how terrible he's been all year. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it's really this last person. It could be if Denny has his luck turn around. It could be Hamlin. Right. Uh, let's and Kurt then Bush let's remind ourselves. Play. You mentioned Denny Hamlin. There is that little track in Virginia that he would like to exact mm -hmm. some revenge at. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's probably half a dozen or so teams that could fit that fourth spot or more if the circumstances fall right. But I think it's pretty safe to say that MTJ, Kyle, and Kevin are overwhelming this season in a way that we haven't seen in a long time where three guys basically are so powerful, even over the rest of their own teams, yeah. I would argue with the exception of the occasional Hamlin or um, Clint Boyer appearance, it's pretty much those guys. And I'm not buying the whole Hendrick Motorsports deal yet. Yes, they looked better at Pocono, but Jimmy Johnson's still struggling to race a whole race in the top five, let alone run for a win. I've got to see more from them to believe that they're, any of those guys are going to make it to Homestead. Kyle Larson, maybe. Chevys right now are just not there. Okay, so I want to draw a comparison that I think Will can speak to because I feel like right now what we're talking about with the 4, the 18, and the 78, Will, I know you haven't run the whole schedule yet, but I think you could argue it's a lot similar to what you guys are seeing in the ARCA Racing Series right now with the 28 of Sheldon Creed and the 41 of Zane Smith, who just won't go away. Oh, I agree. Those guys are really strong this year. They you know, are. Obviously, Sheldon made his start with ARCA, well, his full season start with ARCA last year, right. and, and I think he had a really good season. I mean, he learned a lot, obviously. He's new to sport, or, sorry, stock car racing, just like me coming from dirt racing, so similar backgrounds. And, yeah, he's been doing a really good job. Still has yet to get that first win, which I feel it for him. Cause oh, right. Gosh. I, I've been teammates with Sheldon a few times, and, and he's just he's a really good guy, and uh, he's a heck of a race car driver. And, and I know I know it's coming, but I, I'd hate to kind of be in his shoes right now because he's, he's just feeling that second place a lot. But, uh, but yeah, Zane Smith has been definitely kind of setting the world on fire right the now guy, in yeah. the ARCA Series. Uh, obviously... Uh, HB Harrison Burton got that win this last weekend, but I know uh, Zane was close behind. So, uh, yeah, those guys have definitely been dominating. I feel like, Cisco Sheldon is having the type of season this year that Zane had last year where he was going to win, 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 but he never won. And then all of a sudden this year he pops off three wins, and if it weren't for a couple of crashes he didn't cause, he may have four or five, so I – I, the only thing I could say to Sheldon, and I'm, I question whether it's even realistic to expect to be back at ARCA next year, but if you're back at ARCA next year, it's your time, buddy. If you don't get it this yeah. year, next year is going to be an amazing year, Cisco. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, I mean, you can't match <laughs> the numbers that Zane Smith's been able to put up so far. It's been insane. Three wins, six top fives, six top tens out of seven races. I mean, guys, that's that's – you don't do that. You it's very hard to like keep in mind you have to finish top 10 right. almost every single race you've run so far. Um let's see who's done that that five. we know of in a big series. Elliot Sadler in Xfinity. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean that's the thing and it's like MDM as a whole 
has been so strong in ARCA. And of course, now you've got DGR Crossley and they're, they're coming up and, you know, it's one of those situations, Cisco, where I feel like the ARCA series, there's teams and even, you know, the Schrader team that Will runs for, we've seen that team like last year win a championship and we know what they're capable of. It's just every year is so much different in the series. It seems like teams come up, teams fall down a little bit, you know, and uh, you've also got Joe Gibbs racing over there with Riley Herbst, who's a candidate to win any race he runs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you never really know in the Arcus series, which is why what MDM Motorsports is doing is pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely, I, Tom. Yep. But to uh, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, I just wanted to point out that because of all the schedule changes this year, we're going into the playoffs. Let me list off all the tracks we're going to. For the 20th race, we're going to Loudoun, then Pocono, Watkins Glen, Michigan, Bristol, Darlington, and Indianapolis. Will, that's... What what's the one track type that we're missing from that whole group? A <laughs> uh, dirt track, I guess. <laughs> you know, well, yes, I, I'm not but, sure exactly, but, but also we're not course. going to any mile and a half or no mile and a half, right? Yeah, that's oh, a good okay. point. I hadn't even thought about yeah. that. See, I, I'm still so new to mile and a half, so I don't even think about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was that I like mean, running Charlotte? Oh man, that was incredible. I mean, I, like I just said, first mile and a half. And you go to Charlotte like that's that's kind of like getting thrown to the wolves more or less. Um, so it was a little intimidating. Got to do the test two weeks before, which was definitely um, nerve settling, I guess, when we got to the event. But uh, that place is gnarly, you know, from the, the day to night change that we had uh, on the racing surface and then just learning how to race that place. And then, of course, the big one learning in the air. How do you manipulate yourself with with? other drivers and, and how to, how to kind of come out on top. Um, I could tell you there are a lot of lessons learned that night and, uh, there are many more to come for sure. Lots of mistakes, but we also made some of the right moves. So that was pretty neat. Sensation of speed. Will would that, would that be appropriate? Uh, no, yeah, definitely getting into turn one. Uh, during the test, somebody was telling me they were clocked at 198 entering one, which yeah, for an ARCA car, I mean, that's, that's pretty, it. that's booking it for sure. Jacob, make a note that when Matiki comes in for our next show, we got a new tagline for him. Charlotte Motor Speedway, it's gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will Rogers may have just become CMS's new PR guy. Right. Yes. Oh, boy. It's gnarly. Can you imagine that on the one hot night poster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Before this gets totally out of hand, I got a button. We're, Randy and I are going to take this to break. And when we come back, uh, let's see. Black flags, checkered flags, and maybe Steve going on another rant. Who knows? Anyway. You'll find out what's up next right after this if I don't get spun out first. You're listening to Motorsports Madness live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, 
it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. You're listening to the show live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Will Rogers, Cisco Scaramuza, Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, and since Will broke my clock, we're going to go into black flags and checkered flags How right to break now. Your clock, See, Will, Will's man. confused what, now. What's See, going on you, here? You got Will, let me, <laughs> let me take this one. So you didn't really break a clock, but we have sort of a format we follow of NASCAR to gotcha. this to that, the other thing. And, you know, you Will, came in. Will, you got long-winded yeah, and you broke my so format. You've been so entertaining then, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll I, keep I like it short and sweet this time. I like it when guests break our clock. It's much more fun. And so <laughs> Way, to, we're way good. to go, Will. That's why we can't have nice things around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sorry, guys. But we got the easy button. Yeah, we got the easy button. <laughs> go on, That's Jacob. what matters. All right. Black flags and checkered flags, it can be anything from any motorsports o- over the weekend, stock car, open wheel, you name it. I- I- I'm specifying that, Cisco, so you don't freak out and go, wait, can I talk about IndyCar? Yes, you can talk about IndyCar because I know you have a rant for that. Anyway, so we're going to go Tom, Cisco, Steve, and then I'll go last just because it's my show and I actually have to think about this for once. So, Tom, you start. Well, I'm going to give a – well, first of all, I'm going to give a checkered flag to the crew of Zach Veach who managed to get their driver through a race without catching the car on fire Woo-hoo! in the pits. So that's definitely a plus there. Um, checkered flags, I mean, honestly, I really – I know this sounds almost like why, but there is a reason. Martin Truex Jr. gets a checkered flag from me because if – 
you understood the significance of that day in relation to Sherry, um, you would you would understand that it was only fitting that Martin Truex Jr. wins this particular race. And it just seems like another example of the 78 team coming up big in the most sort of Hollywood scripted dramatic. Dr- wow, that was a weird way to say dramatic um, type situation. Flair for the dramatic Flair is for what the I dramatic, was, yes. think you were trying to get um, at. And to, to point out that it was Sherry's first race back at the racetrack in a little bit. And of course, Martin wins. Correct. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So it, Martin gets a checkered flag for coming up big when he really needed to. All right, Steve-O. Cisco, am I going to steal your thunder? I think you're if probably going to steal his thunder. Just pile up on it because you okay, and I are going well, to the same place. Well, we're going to the same place, but I'm going to mention something different than what you will, I'm, I think. So my black flag is going to be whoever decided to let the guy drive the pace car oh, in the man. IndyCar <laughs> race. And the, here's why. Here's why. The TV crew told me everything I needed to know about that incident. Because they said, oh, so-and-so is driving the pace car today. Well, guess no, who not. got out of the driver's seat? Not the guy they thought was driving the pace car. So I'm saying, oh somebody got <laughs> caught with their hands in the cookie jar. <laughs> so there's my black flag. I thought that was hilarious. So anyway, uh, checkered flag for the weekend. I'm going to give my checkered flag to Chase Elliott because I thought out of the Hendrick camp, Yes, Jimmy was good, but I thought Chase was better on Sunday. I thought Chase Elliott had himself a great race in the nine car. All right. Cisco, we all we all know where you're going. Jalopnik basically wrote up exactly what I was going to say, so I'm just going to quote. Listen, driving a pace car can be stressful. You have to successfully lead a bunch of really fast cars around a racetrack behind the wheel of your own very fast car. Any number of things can go wrong. But they usually don't. <laughs> Except on Sunday, because hit the hit the air horns, get everything, get all the memes in, because Mark Royce, the uh, executive well, vice president of of General Motors. Oh, by the way, in the bit. Chevrolet sponsored race yeah. in Detroit. In the- in the $123,000 landmark Chevrolet ZR1 Corvette looped in front of the entire field before the race even started, basically causing everyone in the internet to go, wait, did that just... Did the, this is this is remember when the pace car caught fire during the uh, during the was it the clash way back in the day? I oh, think it was. was. I left the headbreak on. on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, but Steve gives it to IndyCar or whoever the organizers were who let him drive the pace it, car. It, it was Chevy. It, him. it was See, Chevy. I, here's my deal with this. First of all, let's clarify. Not only did he loop it, he banged it off the wall I at mean, turn three i think yeah, it was he broke it uh he broke it uh, by, no, by no. the way by the way let's be clear here that the guy who wrecked the pace car is the same guy who approved the pace car to be built in the first place yeah. so, so let, let me ask you this is this where everybody in racing brings the hans device into the pace car like the implementation of the hans car uh, hans device into the pace car <laughs> 
You know, every driver is going to have to well, wear Well, here's the deal. <laughs> our, 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 our partner, HMS Motorsport, has an app for that. I mean, they've got, hey, they've go. got all kinds Shameless of solutions for, right yeah, for, for safety in a pace car. They can, they can install it. But here's the deal with this. I mean, I kind of looked at this, and the first thing I thought of was, oh, my God, somebody let Juan Pablo in the pace car. That literally <laughs> wow. was the first thought that went through my let, head. Wow. Let, let, let me say this. The guy that was driving the pace car, I, Jacob, you said who it was, but uh, the guy was committed. Like, if you go back and <laughs> yeah. watch that If, you, that if replay, you were the executive vice president of General Motors and you approved the design of that, of that Chevrolet ZR1, you'd be committed too, I yeah, think. The, if I mean, you go back and watch. I sent it. What if, you're trying to say here, he has If you Guys, go back and watch, he came off the corner, man. He had his foot to the wood. Yeah, yeah exactly. You don't see any brake lights in that thing until after he's off the wall. And I think he just—I think he went from committed to outlawed after that. He he may be able to build a pace car, but he is no longer allowed to drive it, Cisco, in, in any kind of motorsports event. And, and just, I, I wonder if going through his head, he was going to power out of it and like Tanner Faust drift the car through the corner <laughs> sideways or something. He watched a little like, bit of that That's the only explanation I have, but we've, we've got to move on. I wanted to give another checker. I wanted to give a checkered flag, but unfortunately, because Jacob put in the rule that we're not that it covered the whole weekend, I'm gonna have to give another black flag to okay. Kyle Larson because he wrecked Derek Cope. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what you're happened? black flagging Kyle Larson because he wrecked the 1990 <laughs> Daytona 500 winner who was in the way? <laughs> I mean, yes. Cisco. They... It's Pocono. It's the widest track we go to. How did you wreck him? Well, basically because he one of them is going close to 200 miles an hour. The other one's doing 55 with his blinker on. That's that's how you run into him. Yes, I mean, but you're Kyle Larson. You make your living up next to the wall. Why are you running him over on the bike? Of the track. <laughs> yeah, the one time wow. Kyle tries to go to the bottom, there's Derek Cope right there, wow. and, and he yeah. got he got starcommed is what he got. <laughs> Tom, do you a have a checkered lesson. flag? This is a great. I gave a checkered flag. Tonight. Oh, did you? I, yeah. How did I miss that? I, I didn't give a black flag, but I mean everybody else covered it. I was going with a pace car driver, and we all had a good time with that. So, I mean, I have no other black flag to give really, other than. You know, I, I thought, well, honestly, you know what? Let me give a checkered flag here. I want to give a checkered flag to Ryan Hunter Ray because he literally yes, drove his ass off to, to get that win on Sunday. And really, I didn't think it was possible. I mean, he was so far behind that it was like, this is not going to happen. And he just literally wheeled that car, willed it to a win. So instead of a black flag, I'm just going to give another checkered flag because we already harassed the poor pace car driver enough. All right. So here's my deal. I have a checkered flag and I have a black flag. My checkered flag is going actually to surprisingly <laughs> the four team because Kevin Harvick hung in in the top five at the end of that race on old tires a whole lot better than that car had behaved on yep. older tires over the course of a long run for most of the day and I give him credit for number one being different to in an attempt to beat the 18 team and number two just gutting it out so there's my checkered flag my black flag however goes to Alexander Rossi because, dude, you don't let your teammate get into your head. 
I have watched Alex Rossi over the past two years, and Sunday at the end of that race in Detroit, Cisco, was the first time I think I have ever seen, if Hunter Ray's Captain America, then Alex Rossi has to be the crown prince. But I, I, this is the first time I've seen him make a true out-and-out mental lapse aside from just bulldozing Robert Wickens out of the way at St. Pete. But I'm trying to forget about that. This is the first time I've seen him let somebody get into his head. And I'm like, uh, what? Even even Superman has has a weakness. In that case, it's kryptonite for Alex yep. Rossi. I think as much success as Rossi's had, I'm wondering if he got a little bit too comfortable and thought and kind of oversold himself a little bit. But I wanted to make sure because Steve was about ready to go off on a tangent, and then he got cut off. I wanted to see what Steve was going to say because I think I know where he was going back with the whole Derek Cope thing. I was going to say make it quick because we got another break to fit in here. I was just going to say this is a great lesson for Will because obviously these young kids don't have any respect for our past Daytona 500 champions out there. <laughs> so. So, Will, take this opportunity tonight because we're going to learn you. Yeah, I, I actually really <laughs> wish I watched the Indy race now <laughs> and be, uh, be caught up with exactly what you're saying here. But, uh, but no, there's definitely got to be respect. Um, you know, for, for guys that work hard or who have, who have really earned where they are today. Well, well no, we're back to ago. the Cope incident again. Oh, and, oh, and oh, it's oh, Steve's point is that young money Larson has no respect for his elders. Oh, I got you. So, State to the 500 winners. So I didn't actually watch the cup race either. So I have no idea what you guys are talking about. And I zoned out on my Shame phone on there you. for a second. So I'm sorry. Oh, hey, at least oh, he's honest you. about it. He's <laughs> honest. That's right. Well, listen. And but respect I, is definitely important. Real quick, before we go to break, I'm just going to input that I think Jacob's exactly right. Uh, Alex Rossi got mentally beaten in that in that deal. But Ryan hunter Ray was a Japanese bullet train. I don't think. No, Alex, no, no. He was an American bullet train. I don't think. <laughs> Whatever. I don't think. I don't think Al, uh, Alex Rossi was going to stop Ryan Hunter Ray from winning that race anyway. No how, no way. And so you know, you might as well go off the track and just mess it up because you were going to get beat one way or another. Yeah, we're going to talk about this in the next segment, but it's a whole new championship now yes, because of that. We're going to step aside when we return. We'll try this whole IndyCar thing. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. 
Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Let's throw the green for Open Wheel Central on Motorsports Madness. Now back to the roundtable and Jacob Seelman. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, and we are starting hour number two here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, our special guest, Will Rogers. Steve Ovens and Cisco Scaramuza, who is about to become the star of the next five minutes because we're going to continue talking about IndyCar for a couple minutes. And before we talk about Sunday again, Cisco, I want to talk about the fact that in order to deadlock Michael Andretti for third on the all-time wins list, Scott Dixon had to beat the Andretti Armada to do it. Yes, he did. But before we go to that, Jacob, I think we have to start off at the beginning, which was Saturday at about at uh, about noon or so. Because I woke up because, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch the IndyCar race stuff, get ready for the broadcast. And I just got this new phone, and I've been installing apps on it. And one of the apps I got was the IndyCar app. I opened it up because, oh, here's your qualification results for IndyCar. And I see this person on the pole, and I have to close my phone. Reopen it. Check it again. No, that's correct. That's actually correct. Who's on the poll for the Saturday race? Marco. Yes. Marco Andretti from out of nowhere basically came in, came in like Randy Orton all out of nowhere. Okay, hang 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 on a minute because there's steam rolling out of Tom's ears. He gets he's gotten mad the last two times I've said this out loud about how everybody was surprised and shouldn't have been according to Tom that Marco ended up on the poll. Well, I mean, I think you've grossly over-exaggerated my reaction, but I don't know why anybody's surprised. I mean, Marco has shown this year to be a much different kind of season for him. Now, granted, the results haven't necessarily been what he would have hoped for. His qualifying has been oftentimes the weak part of his his game this year, but... I'm not at all surprised. First of all, I mean, you go to Detroit. I mean, this isn't any of these road 
or street courses are basically equalizers. And second of all, I think Marco was long overdue, and I thought he had a fairly good weekend. He obviously didn't win the race, which I know he would have hoped to have done, but he had a big weekend, and so did Andretti Autosport as a team because you, you got a couple of poles. You had Rossi just race himself right into position to win and then turn around and lose to a teammate. So Michael Andretti kind of bangs the pit cart because Rossi just throws the race away and then looks and goes, oh, wait, I'm still in the lead. And, you know, goes and wins with another teammate. You got Zach Veach, who has a couple of nice mid-pack runs that, you know, again, Michael is, is grooming Zach as a driver for the future and just telling him, be patient, be patient, be patient. And you know, that's what Zach's doing, and it's starting to pay off. That team right now, guys, is a team to be reckoned with in this series. And I think that you're going to have to deal with Andretti Autosport, maybe with more than one driver for the championship before this is over. Please hold while I check the official IndyCar app powered by Verizon. Uh, you no see, free plugs. Yeah, sh- shameless plug there. Well, hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? Today. <laughs> anyway, all right, so Cisco, when I'm looking at this right now, we have five guys within 39 points, and of those five guys, I have no clue right now what to do with this championship fight because you have Penske, Ganassi, Andretti, Andretti, Penske. It's like the good old days when the three superpowers were the three superpowers, and doggone though they out of these five guys nobody really has the upper hand wills leading the points because he won the 500 scott dixon is there based purely on consistency and the fact that hey we finally got a win rossi's there he's been up front one long beach i mean hunter ray obviously has gotten back into the picture with a win and new garden's got two but other than that he hasn't done anything stellar but i don't see anybody that's broken away from the pack yet and who's in sixth and seventh? You talk about the three superpowers, and then sitting in sixth is the rookie driving for Schmidt Peterson and Graham Rahal, who's having a Graham Rahal kind of season. Yeah, but with Rahal, but Wh- Wh- and Wickens and Rahal are already seventy and eighty points out yeah. of the lead, respectively. So, yeah, but you got some double point there, shows especially if you're uh, No, there's only one double point show, and that's the finale at Sonoma at the end of the year. Oh, Pocono is not a no. No, no, Pocono hasn't okay. been for a couple years. Okay. But, I I mean, Wickens, I'd say Wickens is due for a win. I mean, he's been overly yes. due. He should have won St. Pete. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't well, think I'm you, still you bitter about that. You were trying to forget that. about that. Yeah. You were trying to forget about that, Jacob. Well, yes, here's I the thing. I mean, from your memory. Here, here's what I look at. I, I look at this group, and, and you see Wickens and Kanan, and, I mean, how Charlie Kimball is in eighth place, I'm really not sure. Um, oh, you but, mean finishing. Yeah, I mean, but you just you you look at the um, the finish here. You've got you've got Hunter Ray, you've got Power, you've got Ed Jones. Um, just looking at race two, there's a driver in Ed Jones who's been to me more of a disappointment than a success. But you know, he comes up big with a third place finish, and much like, in my opinion, a Robert Wickens or a Tony Kanan is a driver that I think if he can get hot. He could win more than one race. He certainly has the equipment to do it. You got Dixie still sitting there, and he finished fourth. And Graham Rahal, who, you know, I mean, so you got probably four or five drivers that we don't even, when you look at the point standings, 
that we're not even talking about that certainly could play a factor in this. But as far as the championship itself, without the benefit of the double point shows, somebody would have to go on a real run yeah. and about three of these guys struggle at two or three of the races exactly. for right them now, to be able to, you know. There are guys that can win races. Right now, there are five guys that can win a championship. Right. That, that was my point earlier. Cisco, I've got two bullets for you here. Number one, the field ought to be really afraid because Scott Dixon is having a subpar start to his season, and he's second in points, five yep. points back. Yep. If you're yep. not afraid, you should be. Exactly. And what? go ahead and what's your other point because i got a point to go at you as well. Okay. My other point was going to be, is this the juncture where we finally – recognize Scott Dixon for what he is and as far as I'm concerned what he is is on IndyCar Racing's Mount Rushmore for one of the greatest of all time period bar maybe you know the two guys ahead of him on the win list which are AJ and Mario was he ever not well I I don't think Scott's ever been respected as one of the true greats and I feel like much like Jimmy Johnson some people aren't really yeah. appreciating his career for what it is because it's not done yet yeah exactly I I see a lot of parallels in that but the point I wanted to throw at you Jacob is I'm getting a little bit of a Hamlin post championship run uh slump for one of the drivers I'm looking at the championship and it's Simon Pagino. Um, yeah, so while Will Power and Joseph Newgarden are not sucking, Simon Pagino is back in 10th, basically, definitely by Penske standards, sucking. It's, it, it feels like I make allusions to Denny Hamlin because this is what this feels like to me, to where Denny's been in a couple of these very tight championship battles. Obviously, last season was against his teammate of Joseph Newgarden. And this year has just been kind of out to lunch. I mean, he's sitting 10th in the standings. He's been decent, but he hasn't been Simon Pagano from one year ago. And part of me wonders, is that the car? Is that just him putting so much in the last season that it that it kind of over just tired him out for this season? I don't know. But either way, it's it doesn't really reflect well on him my argument there is i honestly think the battle that he had with new garden and the way things went down at gateway last fall i really think that had a major effect on his psyche personally and i'm not a sports psychologist but you could tell he his attitude and the way he kind of looked at things over the last race of the season after the run in at gateway cisco wasn't the same as it was before he and new garden went at each other's throats could you imagine like your entire you know what could be his racing career right now up in the air? Because, I mean, he's, like I said, he's been decent, but he's been in top-tier equipment where he should be good. All of that resting on a move that happened for maybe about three seconds? That's, that's perhaps. I mean, I mean, keep know, in mind, he did, he, win the, he, did, he did win the championship two years yes. ago, but still. Yes, but I mean, and, you know, you're not going to define an entire career on one move. But this kind of feels a little bit like the jumping the shark moment almost for Pagano if he can't turn it around here. Well, I don't know. Come on. I mean, I think you need to – we need to get a little bit of a grip on reality here. If you look at Penske overall, I mean, just look at the standings. All right, well, Power, you got Newgarden. But, I mean, those guys, even Newgarden hasn't been – other than his two wins, he's been seventh or worse in right. every race this year. The equality in the series right now is making it hard for one driver to stand out for very long. 
I mean, that's you're really seeing something here in IndyCar that has been kind of lacking, I think, for a while. And, you know, you've got it seems like somebody different every week. Cisco steps up and goes out and shows us, hey, I'm capable of winning races, too. I mean, look at Sebastian Bourdais. There's there's a driver right there who you look at the standings. It doesn't look like he's had that great of a season. But if you look at just performance versus results, he's had bad luck. He's had a lot of yeah. bad luck, but he's been in position to win a lot of races. So th- there are a lot of guys this year that can win races. So I don't want to make much of little Cisco when it comes to Bourdais. I don't. There's no panic button here. He's just not having a great season. But then again. You know, Penske in general is not having a fantastic season, but, you know, power is currently leading the point standings. Well, with Will Power, but again, you know, didn't didn't the race that he just came up big and won, didn't that? Isn't that a double point show? Uh Uh-huh. Just saying, you know. Mm. So, you know. All right. I'm going to let you two stop for a minute. And, Cisco, I'll let you get back to your point later probably during the lightning round because we really do need to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to go to dirt. And I want to pick Will Rogers' brain about dirt because he had his first real, as he put it, dirt experience a couple weeks ago. And that's going to be fun to chat about. You're listening to Motorsports Madness. We'll be back with more in a moment on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. 
Hide the kids. It's time to get dirty with the Race Chaser Online crew. Here's your host, Jacob Seelman, with Turn 5 Live's curator of Casa de Porkchop, Stephen Evans. If he's awake and has his food. Steve, do you have your food? He has his food. It's ready. He's been eating ice cream the whole I, show. I already had my food, boys. I mean, it's just like, you know. Yeah, if you're, hey, Steve, if you're going to eat ice cream during the show, at least next time make sure you bring enough for the rest of us. Come yeah. on, man. Well, it doesn't travel very well. <laughs> That's so. true. Yeah. That is a valid point. Not without point. a freezer, anyway. Uh, welcome back to Motorsports Madness. This is the kind of craziness that happens on this show on a Monday night. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, our special guest for the night, Will Rogers out of the NASCAR Next Class of 2018, Cisco Scaramuza, and Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens, who's going to earn his title in just a moment. But before we get into that, Steve, I want you to sit back and listen to, to Will because he got the chance to uh, follow around with a couple of your favorite people a week or so ago at the dirt track at Charlotte because Will is backed by Dryden Lubricants as his main sponsor in the ARCA Racing Series this year. And a driver who uh, you affectionately refer to as Chomp Chomp is also backed by Dryden Lubricants now in a recent sponsorship deal. So, Will, I want you to tell the listeners about your first, as you put it, real dirt experience at Charlotte, because being able to uh, shadow the shark racing team and, and really figure out what makes Logan Schuhart tick, that is a fun night in and of itself. But with the outlaws at Charlotte, that makes it that much better. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, like you're saying, that was really my first experience at, at, a, at a dirt track, and, and who knew it would be Charlotte Motor Speedway, right? I mean, I had been to dirt track races before, like a modified or, or a super late race, but never World of Outlaws. And I've always seen World of Outlaws, you know, all over social media, sometimes on uh, the web, like on TV sometimes. And uh, for me to finally just experience it up cro- close was pretty neat. Uh, the night before, actually, Drydeen through a party at Ken Schrader Racing, celebrating kind of our race there at at uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway for the ARCA race. And then actually the night after that was the Outlaw race. So went out there, supported Logan, got to meet his whole crew, kind of get to know the whole scene and, and just take it in. And it was quite the race for sure. Uh, got a lot dirtier than I thought I would. <laughs> There's a lot of dirt going around, especially when it hit about lap 15 in that main feature. Um, definitely got to see some cool racecraft from him. Uh, you know, struggled on a few restarts, but then maximized on a few too, and got to throw some pretty wicked slide jobs and stuff like that. So it was pretty neat just to to go hang out, support, and uh, just take it all in. You know. Okay, so. In about five seconds of being there, did you have this sudden pull of, man, I want to do this? Uh, yes and no. Yes no, and no? For, for sure. Like, I've always been, you know, I love dirt, dirt track racing or off-road racing where I'm from. And uh, it's it's always something that I've loved to do and wanted to pursue. But then again, like uh, a sprint car, man, they look the, so awesome. I was going to say, they look awesome, but you also had that point of, these guys are insane. Yeah, exactly. No, it's pure <laughs> insanity. That's what it is. But it's awesome because of that. These guys are just on rails, and, and they're just going for it. And there's that such fine edge that if they if they go over it, we know what happens sometimes. See, Steve, this you know. is the kind of thing. Like, Will Rogers is my hero because one night he's partying with Schrader, and the next night he's in an outlaw race with Shark Racing. I mean, you know, what? that is an amazing life right there. Oh, definitely. Where did you find <laughs> this guy? Hawaii. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. He, courtesy of Hawaii. 
Yeah, um, but oh, uh, by awesome. way of California, though, right? Yes, exactly. Well, way of many places, but that, yeah, California. Well, now, yeah, give us like thirty seconds. You were born in Hawaii. Yeah, but then. So I've been all over the place with my family. So born in Hawaii, moved back to the East Coast where my parents are from, to Maryland, uh, to New York, back to Hawaii, and then to California. So nice. all over the place. Really, I've only raced in Hawaii, California, now living in North Carolina race out here. But uh, that's kind of my life in 30 seconds. <laughs> so there you go, Steve. He's been everywhere, man. I like it, man. I like it a lot. I got a lot of respect for somebody that can uh, hang out with shark racing one night and Kenny Schrader the next. I mean, that's that's my kind of guy. They're a good group of people, for sure. I, I don't think Ken Schrader would be lumped in as anybody other than a good group of people. That's just how Schrader is. But Steve. And he and he and and actually, you talk about Schrader. He was just up in our neck of the woods over the weekend. He, he was? was uh, yeah, yes, he was right. racing with the yep. UMP Modifieds yep. up at Ash uh, Weekend. Nice. Nice. Didn't he win a race up there or something? I think he won one. I can't remember which Did night it was, but, yeah, I, I think he won a race. He might have won a Schweiken, actually. He, he may have. He's up. won there before. Yeah, I'll look it up that. in a yeah. I'll, I'll look it up while Steve gets to fawn about the fact. I, I'm going to go in reverse order here because okay. instead of talking about Friday night's show at I-96 first, I'm going to talk about Saturday night's Badger 40 first because that's a way better story. This season, the World of Outlaws, with its 40th anniversary tour, have been using the hashtag MyOutlawMoment. Brent Marks, Steve, had his outlaw moment Saturday night. He flat put a whooping on him at Wilmot Raceway in Wisconsin. He did, and he did it with a flat right front tire on the last I mean, lap. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a bad night at the races. He was um, up by like nine seconds at one point. Yeah, and and that got cut in half to four point five seconds at the checkered flag with a flat right front tire. Uh, but I don't think Jacob. I think we can agree that yes, that was his outlaw moment. And that was also a hashtag shocking moment. It I was. I mean, I legit. know when we talked about it this weekend, it was like, hello, Brent Marks. I mean, it, wait, it was wait, just, it's like, where did this come from? Exactly. exactly. And I want to add to this, Steve. What makes this so much more impressive is the fact not just that Brent Marks won his first outlaw race, but Brent Marks does this with one count them one full-time crew member he and jesse lentz do the entire tour by themselves and he went out and beat tony stewart racing casey kane racing and all the big guns to do this and he beat them too let's let's make that point too because it this was not a race of brett mark started on the pole and led the whole thing he started fifth, had to work his way up into the lead, and then once he got there, he just was gone. I mean, you want to talk about setup, horsepower, they had it all uh, in, in that 40-lap race and uh, took the checkered flag for 10000 large. Yes, ten grand richer, an outlaw's victory. And a moment that he'll never forget. I mean, and, and when the Casey Kane racing cars get on the podium and both Darren Pittman and Brad Sweet look at this and, and go, dang, I'm happy for him. I mean, that says a lot right there. 
It's a lot of respect. Absolutely. When when other guys on tour, I mean, it's it's that, and we we talk about this sometimes in NASCAR. Even, you know, if if you can't win the race, there's a couple of those guys that you wouldn't mind seeing take a checkered flag. And, and right now in the world of outlaw circuit, Brent Marks is that guy. And Jacob, this was a much needed win. I mean, you talked about him and his his crew chief Jesse Lentz, but. They've not had a good stretch of races no, they haven't. of late, and they really needed this. So this came at at the perfect time. Uh, he's got the respect of his fellow drivers, and and you heard that in the in the top three interviews afterwards. Uh, this was just a, a really really good win, uh, and and just just as as shocking as as Brett Marks winning may have been to some, maybe equally as shocking was the fact that the guy that we've been talking about, it seems like almost every single week, Donnie Schatz started 10th and finished 8th, Jacob. Only could muster an 8th. He looked human. Yeah. It was a little bit shocking. And even the night before at I-96 Raceway, the the Rumble in Michigan, he started 4th, he finished 4th. He didn't really go anywhere. And that night, by the way, Brent Marks came from 22nd to finish 5th. So the argument could have been made going into Wilmot that a performance like this was coming, and surely it did. Now, in that I-96 race, a huge restart, Steve, gave David Gravel his third win of the year, which much like Brent Marks, was very needed. Oh, no, it absolutely was. And and you know what? I think that for the last few race, or you know, the last few weeks here on Madness, you know, we've kind of been tough on, on guys like David Gravel, who, you know, we feel have been underperforming. And I say we feel he's underperforming because you look at 2017, look at all that they did, look at the resources they have at their disposal, and in, in our opinion, you know, they've kind of been under, they've been really underwhelming the, in this 2018 season. So, you know, it's it's good to see them kind of keep that momentum rolling. He had a great finish uh, on, on Saturday night as well, uh, coming home in fourth, and that's right where he started. So, I mean, I don't know, Jacob. I, I think these guys could really kind of get on a little bit of a roll here. And, uh, you know, if they're going to get back into contention, that's exactly what they got to do because, you know, this positive weekend that they had, yeah, they're 192 points back. But if you think about it, Jacob, a couple weeks ago, they were much further back than that. And they were not looking in a, in a really good place. So, uh, you know, to be sitting here tonight and seeing Brad Sweet 96 points back and David Gravel 192 points back, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But um, No, it's not. But I'll give you at that. The same time, at the same time, don't expect to see Donnie Schatz finishing eighth the rest of the season. That's not Oh, not happen. at all. Yeah, that, that's a very rare occurrence. But I would argue, Steve, that Brad Sweet did this exact same thing a year ago. He kind of lurked within 100 to 150 points for most of the year. And then when we powered down the stretch, Donnie finally started to pull away. But, you know, we've seen Brad do this, do just enough to stay in contention for most of the yep. year. He's got to break through and get some victories if this is going to happen. Yeah, and and I think right now, Jacob, they're starting to get that consistency. They've got a pair of wins now on the season, uh, one just coming a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. If, if you And if you look just at the statistics, you say 
Donnie has nine wins. They only have two. When you can say that and say you're only 96 points back, that's really not that bad. I mean, they could be in a lot worse place than they are right now. Um, they've got 14 top fives to Donnie's 18. They've got 19 top tens to Donnie's 22. So, you know, as far as consistency goes, they're there, but they need to start logging W's because that's what's going to help them catch back up to Donnie. Exactly. We're going to take another break here. When we return, we're going to talk more to Will Rogers about Will Rogers and what's next for uh, him and for his racing career. We know he's got a couple of road courses coming up on the schedule here in the next few weeks that are going to be exciting. So we'll talk about all that, his time in the ARCA car, and a little bit more around the turn. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. It has been a little crazy here tonight. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Will Rogers, our special guest, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens, talking on a Monday night, all things racing. We told Will before the show uh, we pretty much run the entire spectrum, and uh, I, I don't think we've disappointed him yet. But we want to talk to Will a little bit more about Will because you've had the experience now. You went to Daytona to start the season. Yep. You had your mile-and-a-half run at Charlotte, and now you've had a run at Pocono, which doesn't really compare to anything. It's a super speedway, but it's a super speedway that doesn't run like anything else on the ARCA schedule. So three races in, three totally different racetracks – how do you feel in the car now? Uh, truthfully, I'm still really trying to get used to the, to the thing. You know, it's very similar to a Canaan car, which I ran, uh, I think, 17 times last year. So that's helpful, of course. Uh, same bodies, you know, motors, you know, powered similarly, I guess. Um, now the tires, it, that's kind of a big thing for me to get used to because going from the bias ply to now the to the radial. Yep. Um, I'm happy that K&N has gone to the radial, too. I'll be racing a few yes. of those races here this year. Um, oh, actually. Cool. Already raced one race, uh, Kern County, earlier this year oh, with right. Kevin. Um, and he was a teammate of mine, and, and we actually ran pretty well until we ended up having a little bit of a mechanical and uh, didn't finish as well as we wanted. But, uh, but yeah, started off at Daytona, really pumped about that. Unfortunately, that race ended about 25 laps in or so when we got tangled up in somebody else's mess. Uh, we finished that race, just yep. not really where we wanted. Um, Charlotte, like we mentioned earlier, that was an amazing experience for me. First mile and a half, uh, place is wicked fast, and and my my uh, example of what it's like is just gnarly. I guess that's the the one word that I could put to it. Um, and then yeah, Pocono this past weekend, uh, actually learned a ton at Pocono, um, just from practice to qualifying there. How to really manage your car there, what exactly you need to look for, and how to set it up. A lot of it's due to just straight line speed with you know momentum off the corner, but also as, as slippery as you can make that thing go in a straight line. Um, ultimately, in the race, that was where the lessons were really learned, where we made some mistakes early on, um, ended up just not really uh, being in, in the right mindset, I'd say, in the beginning of the race, and just not thinking about the end. And we ended up getting ourselves in the wrong spot on the racetrack. Ended up, unfortunately, tagging the wall out of three. And that kind of hindered our day from there. Um, we definitely made a comeback throughout it. Uh, on a second-to-last restart, I think we started 12th and worked our way up to 7th by the time we got to turn two. And, unfortunately, had to mix up with another guy out there. Um, just a, a racing deal, I think. And kind of kind of ended our day there but uh everybody at Kentridge Racing did an awesome job. Dry Dean was extremely happy. They had about 75 um people from the company out there, customers, uh clients, employees, staff. So they had a great time. They're and, a yeah. Pennsylvania based company, right? They are Jonestown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, so yep. I mean home track more or less for them that had to be a ball oh it was definitely they had such a blast out there uh, like i mentioned 75 people from out there so we had quite the group of people and um they rented out the tower suite right across from the start finish oh, wow. line, which was really neat so they filled that place up and uh you know again the on-track performance wasn't that great but nonetheless they were excited uh dry dean's actually become a sponsor of pocono raceway uh where they put up some signage they took over the restart zone and they put on some stuff in the fan zone. So 
Um, they definitely embraced the Pocono racetrack and, and the area, um, and it was a really good event for them. See, and what's cool for me with, with that is that Dryden is a sponsor that's kind of returning to racing this year, and I love the fact that they're enjoying it enough to keep expanding the program. Yeah, no, they're they're over the moon with all of this stuff, and like you just mentioned, they, they were in it a long time ago, and, and I'm still learning day-to-day how much involvement they actually had. But uh, with Shauna Robinson being one who was sponsored yep. by Dryden uh, for some stock car racing, and yep. then they sponsored, I believe, sports car racing and drag racing and a few other mm-hmm. things, um, I had no idea about this when I was first introduced to Dryden. Okay. Um, and the company has changed hands several times, yep. uh, but now that it's in the hands of PPC um, up in Pennsylvania, they're they're wanting to go back to its roots and, and really pursue that that brand and lifestyle that they had. Um, so it's really neat to see them, you know, re-embarking on this racing uh, journey. It is well, cool. Well, going back to Pocono for a minute, because I was watching the telecast on Friday afternoon, and the fact that you were still able to soldier home like you did after on lap seven or eight, I think it was. Yep. I mean, the angle that we saw, it looked like you about knocked the wall down off <laughs> turn three. And yeah. yet somehow your KSR team put that car back together and you drove out a solid finish out of all that. Yeah, again, big lessons learned that day, uh, especially on lap eight. But uh, definitely... Uh, Great job by the whole KSR team and uh, everybody uh, on the pit crew brought that car in uh, more than several times, unfortunately, but they pounded out whatever they could, made sure we didn't have any tire rubs and uh, got us out on the racetrack. And we kind of just persevered from there from lap eight until about lap, I I think, 70 or so before that second to last restart. Uh, We kind of just maintained and and ran our own race and waited for the cautions to kind of help us get back to where we needed to be to be competitive. And uh, like I said, on that second to last restart, we went from 12th to 8th, or 7th, I believe, and thought we were going to have it, thought we were going to come out of the tunnel turn clean, but didn't end up happening. Um, But I think it just goes to show how hard those guys work, um, how well they worked with me and I worked with them uh, as as we were able to just kind of come back and try to salvage a finish. Um, I think if we're putting that scenario again, uh, you know, no brainer, it, it won't, it won't, it'll be a no brainer that we'll get back up there and, and be competitive, you know. What were the restarts like? Because everybody says at Pocono, especially going down, trying to funnel down into turn one, you're three, four, five, six wide at times, and you have to try to funnel down to about two wide going into that first turn. How insane was that for you your first time there? I was pretty insane. I mean, starting out just rolling up to the restart zone, there's a lot of anticipation because there's such a long straightaway in front of you. If you don't get your start the right way, you're getting passed immediately. I mean, people are going to go fan out four or five wide, like you were saying there. Um, but initially, so you need to know, you need to make sure you get a good launch. Um, we end up making about one mistake, I think, on a restart. Our other restarts were okay. Uh, but yeah, when you get down into turn one, everybody fans out, and uh, actually, that's how we were able to make up so much ground on that second to last restart okay. by just taking the high side and actually driving around people because they kind of stacked up on the bottom. Um, same thing we actually did at Charlotte for that final restart, uh, where that got us in eighth place. But, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty nuts, especially when you're either three wide or you're watching a pack three wide in front of you funnel down into turn two, where, you know, you know, more than two wide through there just doesn't work. So, uh, it, it was pretty, pretty cool to experience. That's awesome. All right. So we talked 
and alluded earlier that your future includes a couple of road courses. You're going to be back with Jefferson Pitts this summer for both of the K&M Pro Series East road course events at New Jersey and Watkins Glen, as well as the K&M West race at Sonoma. Now, with the ARCA car, you're starting to make progress. Is there a possibility that we see you back in the ARCA car later? I know you at least have one more, right, that's confirmed right now? Yeah, the the one that's confirmed on the books is Pocono. So uh, we're going to get to go back there and hopefully have a little bit of redemption. I was going to say, I know you got to be excited there. Yeah, I, I hope so. It's actually a shorter race now, so maybe, um, maybe that anticipation that I built up earlier in this race, maybe if it bleeds over to this one, it'll, it'll actually help us a little bit. But uh, back to Pocono, and actually today there was definitely some um, developments made with, uh, with the team and some other people for us to possibly go racing later on this year. Uh, be watching for some news hopefully later this week and, and maybe uh, – Maybe some racing to shortly be after. We like news, and we like racing. News is so. great. Yeah. And we're big fans of Ken Schrader Racing, and we're big fans of Will Rogers. So we certainly hope that, you know, you guys can get some more races. I mean, I've got to believe that Dryden is has got to be super happy with the way things have gone so far, right? Yeah, I, I think they certainly are. Um, just kind of the reactions that we've gotten, not only from uh, the, the employee base there and the customer base, but the, but the leadership base at Dryden. Uh, guys like Dave Klinger, uh, who's the president there, he is over the moon about racing, and, and he's such a good, genuine guy. He cares so much about his business, but he cares a lot about the people that he invests in. Um, again, not only his pl- employees, but that also includes me, too. Um, he's so enthusiastic about this program, and, and I feel like we've only done three races, but we've already got so much out of it, So, uh, and they have, too. So uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the future holds. I think it'll be good, and, and uh, we'll just end up having a really good good time together. All right, awesome. so we're going to take our final break here. When we come back, Will's going to get initiated into the lightning round, which could be a little bit scary, especially with this cast of characters. I never know exactly where Tom and Cisco and Steve are going to go with this, but we'll just figure it out as we go. You're listening to Motorsports Madness. The white flag flies when we come back. You're listening to the show on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. 
but not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Modified driver Matt Hirschman, you're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. It is our final segment. You are listening to the show on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. I'm Jacob Seelman, joined as I have been the entire show by Tom Baker, Steve Ovens, Cisco Scaramuza, and our special guest, who I would argue has done a tremendous job helping us co-host this show tonight, Will Rogers. Uh, I, I think, Tom, uh, we don't give out a ton of golden tickets here, but I think Will may have earned himself one. Yeah, except he can't use this to go to Hollywood. Oh. He can only come back to Mooresville, but, you know. Oh, man. Oh. It's, uh, it, it's not quite as, as glamorous as all that, but, yeah. It's been definitely been a good time having you yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it, it we've we've tried hard enough to get you in here. It's good that we finally hey, we're able to make the schedules. I'm, I'm glad it and was worth it. Hopefully, it won't be the last time we get you in. Yeah, definitely not. My gut sure. tells me it won't be the last time. So uh, we're going to get into our lightning round here, and I'm going to defer to Tom because, well, when I defer to Tom, usually hilarity ensues. So if you got something oh, to throw out to start this thing, I'm all ears. Well, I, I really don't, but I can make something up on the fly. Okay, so, oh, Cisco. Okay, well, Cisco, actually, I'll defer to Cisco because Cisco's well, yeah, got because something he's eager to throw out there. Because it's, it's this week's installment of I Looked at the Internet and I Laughed at Blank, which is the new segment. I'm really trying to green light here, Jacob. I'm green lighting it. Let's go. What did you laugh at? I laughed at the fact which during this show, iRacing released all of the schedules for week 13 because they're updating the sim this week. And that means we're going to have a week of wacky races, which don't really matter because they're fixing stuff. And included on that is the week 13 driving GTE cars at what is the skid pad in iRacing, which I really hope is them just putting in a place over because Belle Isle's coming onto the sim. But if it isn't, Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So this is uh, my I looked at the Internet and I laughed at blank. Daryl Waltrip, I want less rules in NASCAR. Daryl Waltrip during Sunday's Pocono broadcast, I want a unique rules package for each racetrack. Yeah, I was. I actually was going to comment on it on that at some point tonight. I, I think that was one of those moments when... Most of Daytona Beach, Florida went, are you nuts? I mean, you know, a unique package for each track that's uh, 15 or so different packages, I'm, I'm going to say, um, somewhere in that neighborhood, and a lot of doggone money. So, uh, Daryl, I don't think you're going to 
get your wish. I I have not a funny one. I have a congratulatory one instead. When I went on the internet today, I enjoyed the fact that Kyle Petty and his wife just had a baby boy, and I love the name Overton Owens Petty. Wow. Cool deal. Congratulations, Kyle and Morgan. And, you know, to me, that that was the highlight. I, I could really pull anything NASCAR chasm says yeah. as I went on the Internet and laughed at because he's a funny guy. <laughs> I have an honorable mention, and I'm going to go to Steve on this one. This 21 minutes ago on Twitter from Ben Rhodes. Fact. Food tastes better when you don't have to cook it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that's true of me because I'm the master of the microwave, but... Well, and then Woody Kane comes back with the meme of a guy shaking his head going, uh, nope. <laughs> ben, every also, once in a while, also has a fact, funny one. Also fact, may not be good for you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. 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 Those soup is good food, and that's one of my microwave specialties. I can make a mean bowl of chicken noodle soup. Steve, you got anything that you laughed at this week? Yes, I looked at the Internet and laughed. Because uh, a racetrack up here in the Northeast, uh, Lancaster National Speedway, they have a great uh, pavement track, and they also use it for a dragway. And they had a big old brawl last Wednesday night. Oh, I saw this. Pacman got pissed. Yes, Pacman is not happy. But I laughed because they put out a press release today saying, enough is enough and we're taking action. We're charging you to go in the infield now. I thought when he said enough was enough, they were going to say, this is a racetrack. We don't really care about the dragway. It happens on a Wednesday night. You want to brawl? Go brawl someplace else. I was fully expecting them to drop the drag racing program altogether. So when I saw that today, I got a little bit of a laugh. They're giving them a mulligan is what they're they doing. They gave them a, a big mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I heard from some people who were there over the week some imagery of what went on there, and it wasn't pretty, but that's a story for another day. Uh, my first point in this lightning round, Tom, is surprise or not surprise. This stat, take out the three plate races, and Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex have won 19 of the last 21 unrestricted races in the Cup Series. That is 90.5%. Are you surprised or not surprised? I'm not at all surprised. I mean, it's what we talked about earlier in the show. I, I think we've clearly seen that there are three drivers who are heads and shoulders better than everybody else on the racetrack right now in an era where the cars are supposed to be more equal than ever. They're even better than their teammates for the most part, with the occasional Clint Boyer drop-in or Denny Hamlin victory or Daniel Suarez really nice performance. It's pretty much Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, and Kyle Busch. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Although, again, as I said, at some point, I do believe Kyle Larson's going to get back in this deal, but he's never going to be as dominant or as good as those three this year. All right, Steve, surprised or not surprised? 
Not surprised. Cisco? Not surprised at all. Uh, Yeah, no, not surprised at all. They've been that good. I mean, I knew they were good, but I'll be honest, until I actually ran the numbers this morning, I didn't realize it was quite that good. 19 of 24 since the start of the playoffs last September, and, well, take out the plate races and you heard the rest, so... That kind of is what it is. Now, that leads into my next question. Who's going to step up and stop them? <laughs> Cisco. Uh, it's not going to happen because I feel <laughs> like he's going to be cursed forever. But Kyle Larson. <laughs> Ouch. I'm just, I'm just worried that he's going to be like perennial second place forever he and chase are just going to never be able to like win more than one race a year they'll just finish second 10 times ouch ouch steve well chase winning one race would be nice for yeah. starters there cisco yeah I mean... I mean we just have to get we just have to get the guy who's sweeping the floor at hendrick to step up a little bit more right <laughs> yeah i'll tell you Jake... Tom, Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna divert to you. I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna tell you who's gonna stop him, and it's gonna be this weekend. Ryan Blaney. I was just about to say, say the same thing. Oh, really? Yep. Ryan okay. Blaney's gonna win in Michigan. I I I can feel it. This is gonna be the race when Ryan finally gets off the schneid he's been on, because again, this is a guy who's been in contention to win multiple races this year and just hasn't been able to close it. I think Ryan Blaney wins at Michigan because it's all about the manufacturers, after all. And it's going to be a Ford, I think, fest in Michigan. Okay, okay, it's going to be a Ford, but it's going to be the Michigan man. It's going to be Ryan Blaney's teammate, Brad Keselowski, who wins in Michigan. Just saying. Now, Will, Cisco just gave me a good point in our host chat, so I'll defer back to you. Did you laugh at anything? On, on the uh, internet? I'm glad nobody took it. I know we covered it earlier, but definitely the pace car thing. When I saw that on Twitter, I was like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Yeah. That, I, that was probably the funniest thing I saw. I couldn't believe it. Although I do have, I have one. I just forgot about it, and then I found it again. It was, of course, Bubba Wallace broke a transmission on Sunday. So Richard Petty's response to Bubba oh, yeah. was, we're going to get you an automatic transmission. Yes, that's absolutely. definitely a good one. <laughs> I mean, that's, and I could just picture Richard saying it in Richard speak with Richard's accent and, you know, the typical look that Richard might give and Bubba just yeah. going, wow. Shaking nothing, his head. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like getting trolled by the king. Yeah, really. I, exactly. Cisco. I was going to say, if Twitter's done one thing, it's given a snarky Richard Petty. I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> I am okay snarky with that. Richard Petty. By the way, yeah, here, here's my other honorable account. mention for laughing. Ross Chastain at driver intros on Sunday. I was Ross Chastain, driver of the blank Chevy. <laughs> Literally, that is exactly what they said on Sunday. Blank Chevy? Yes, driver not... of the blank Chevy. <laughs> Did they not have an entry list? <laughs> no, the, the, the Ross, was no, there was no sponsor was no on the car. <laughs> so they said blank Chevy. Wow. Well, Ross said the premium crew absolutely died on pit road at that. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. I mean, we have number nothing, and now we have hashtag blank, I guess. I don't know. Yes, speaking of Ross's hashtag. Speaking of number nothing, number nothing's going to be oh no, 99 
<laughs> at Michigan, for those who remember that old card game, um, oh no, ninety nine, because Garrett Smithley is going to be in the Starcom ninety nine, making his Cup debut at Michigan this weekend, and uh, you know we'll see if he can go a little faster in it than old Derek Cope did at Pocono. We will see how that works Should out, and hard. we are very quickly down to our final minute. So before I get going with the checkered flags and get us out of here. Will, it's been a blast, man. It really has been. Definitely, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We've, it's, had, a, uh, we've had a good time with you. It's definitely been fun. Uh, I'm glad I've been one of the better better uh, co-hosts you've had on here. Absolutely. Taking home the hardware, huh? Well, hey, if we had some hardware, Tom, yeah. work on that. Yeah, really. Well, you know what? NASCAR Next, uh, I'm sure, has done you as much good so far as it's done anybody else. And, you know, I know it's just going to make you better and better at all this media stuff because that is one of the real pluses of that, show, of that program. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm very honored and happy to be part of the NASCAR Next program. Uh, so far, it, it has been great. I've gotten a lot of notoriety from it uh, and really just learned a lot about the business thereof. Um, I know not a lot of guys take advantage of it in, in that aspect, and that's really a way that I'm trying to set myself apart and, and really learn from the business more, um, being connected with the higher-ups at, at NASCAR and uh, being being connected with uh, the, the past generation of, of NASCAR Nexter. So uh, it's been good so far, and can't wait to see what it's going to be like uh, here in the near future. Well, good luck at uh, your next race start, which... I would like to think won't be too long from now. Jacob, we need to get him back in the car and get him more seat time. Seat time is good. We're going to throw a checkered flag, though, right now and get on out of here. Thanks to Bob Steele, Sue Mason, and all the folks at PMN that helped make this show possible. For Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, and our special guest, Will Rogers, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall, folks, and we might just see you at a racetrack somewhere. Have a safe racing weekend till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up. <laughs>